What's good, people? What's good, Stone? How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. What's good, Reg? Uh, same, same old, same old. You know, I'm out here listening to our forefathers in jazz, <laughs> denigrate the youth <laughs> in hip-hop, the number one culture out there, seeing people's lives. You got certain jazz musicians out there disparaging <laughs> The premier black culture out there thinking they're above it all when his own idols are out there doing heroin, sleeping with white women, <laughs> assault charges, jail. But somehow in 2018, he fixes to diss rappers. <laughs> Calling you out, Winton. So if y'all don't know, Win Marsalis has said that rap and hip hop are more damaging, I guess, to black people than a statue of Robert E. Lee. <laughs> all right so (laughs) we had this discussion earlier i'm not going to defend this like any parts of these conversations of of that statement because i like that's just trolling like let's call it for it is like that's trolling like he knew saying something like that is going to get him in the washington post and get him on this damn podcast and get everybody riled up. He was like, let me get these Twitter followers up there. My son got me this brand new <laughs> iPhone doomahickey. I'm on this Twitter. Let me go out there and tweet this hotness, these hot takes, as the kids say it. He's, he's on Trump levels of trolling right now. Uh, having that said, I don't feel like he's any, like, any different from any other 70-year-old black man about, like, in, in kind of, like, their thoughts about hip-hop. Like... I I grew up in a small town in a church going community. And everybody, if you ask them about, about hip hop, they'll say it's destroying the community, and not just like mumble rap. I'm talking about in the golden era of hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> that Run DMC, <laughs> that Run DMC were out there speaking that devil worship with those black hats and those gold chains. Like this, 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 this whole like dichotomy is like always existed. Between, like, you know, the older and younger. And, like, my, it's, like, the way I feel about, say, mumble rap is maybe the way they feel about all hip-hop. Where it's just, like, yo, this is killing the kids. It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all talking about Xanax and shit. Like, what? but why? You know? Um, so, I, I, like, having that said, like, I understand, like, kind of where he's coming from. Um, but you're right, Reg. Like, 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 you know, jazz. I mean, now jazz is one of those things. Well, Prior to, like, the second evolution of jazz with, like, you know, Kamasi Washington and things like that, jazz was kind of, like, the domain of uppity black people and rich white people, you know? Agreed. Um, but, and this is kind of, like, the world that he kind of lives in. But it's, so. And that's a funny thing where, so Winston grew up in a certain place where, you know, he's of a certain age where, like you said, and, and when he grew up in jazz... I won't say it was a dying art form, but it was an art form that already kind of was seen as, you know, it's the the, the most, because I remember there's an article where it's like, jazz is the most American of all art forms, where it's just strictly came out of America, out of, out of there's, there's no, you can't tie it to any kind of really European kind of, yeah. you know, even even the way, because even they move past like the circle of fifth and things like that, like, there's, it, it's beyond the idea of, the state idea of European musicality. But it's interesting because he kind of grew up in an era where it was finally getting recognized. But only a couple of decades later, <laughs> you had all these other true jazz casts. These like these these the jazz musicians that we worship now. They were basically like your Biggie Smalls, your Fifty Cents. You know, they were out there shooting guns. Yeah, they were out there doing drugs. They yeah. were out there, you know, you know, doing crazy like hood shit because they were from the hood. Like these yeah. were dudes that you know, similar to rappers now, where you know. They grew up in a church tradition. They picked up the instruments. The instruments would kind of get them away to kind of, you know, make some money on the side. Yeah. And, then, and that's how they kind of moved on. So it's, it's kind of a weird cyclical thing where the only thing with them, obviously, is that because it wasn't vocal per se, that it's easy to kind of say, oh, well, what Coltrane was doing was whoop, whoop, whoop. But meanwhile, you know, and, and the thing is, I don't really want to pick out, let's say, Coltrane, but like, you know, because Coltrane was kind of. He wasn't as infamous for his indiscretions. He was pretty. He was a pretty good dude overall. But a lot of these jazz cats were kind of wilding, and so it's interesting that just because like they weren't rapping per se, 
off the record, they were just crazy, and they were saying the same N-words and the same kind of you know negativity that Wynton Marsalis is kind of going against. And what's funny about that is he, he's the kind of person who will kind of make the immediate connection and say, well, that's because of the environment. But for some reason, because of these rappers, he doesn't really see the same exact thing. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's so weird because like I guess when people start looking back on time periods to get all nostalgic and they, they, they kind of like have these fuzzy feelings about shit, that's why everybody's trying to make America great again. Yes. <laughs> MAGA hats in store. Supreme you know? MAGA hats. Because <laughs> apparently the 50s and 60s were like this idyllic time. It's great. You know, and we, we all know it's fucked up, right? Yeah, it was awesome. I liked having some water, water fountains. <laughs> <laughs> and having to eat in the back of the McDonald's. <laughs> and I think, I think you know, he's he's most likely looking back at jazz through these like rose-colored glasses and these tinted lenses that, that kind of make... Especially like the jazz that he kind of populates, like or, or made popular, you know, like like that type of jazz is respectable to a lot of people in America, you know, to a lot of people who are you know <laughs> not wild now. Yeah, like like he made that type of jazz like what it is. So he's looking through, like you know, the past through that lens. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, he's talking like. Like it's always funny when you have people who talk about respectability politics, because <laughs> Me Too is still out there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you never know what's what what's in your closet. Yeah, no. sir. Ex- yeah. So you know, it- <laughs> yeah, this is not this is not far removed from the pound cake speech. <laughs> we all know how they ended up. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, I, I think I think you kind of have to watch his back because he he said there's no there's more. Ni- so I I don't even understand this quote. There's more niggers in that. Than in Robert E. Lee's statue, which I'm, I'm, like I, I don't understand, you know, like, like, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I would say the 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 narrative around hip hop, you know, has shifted. I mean, there used to be even say in the '90s, there was this whole like anti hip hop thing where people uh, were, you know, like burning cds and the whole parental advisory thing and now like as a culture i think we've come to understand what hip-hop is like you know i I think hip-hop is not about i mean first of all like there's no gangster rap anymore anyway but the second one like hip-hop is not about like it's not hip-hop's fault it's the communities where these people come from you know they're the they're what what brought up like these people who maybe be are misogynist or you know maybe criminals or sociopaths and things like that. It's not the genre itself. The genre is just kind of the the vehicle. But yeah, you know, like like America made people this way. It agreed, and it, and it goes back to the whole like I said is like while like all his jazz favorites were out there playing this this pristine jazz music, they were playing it in basically illegal clubs in Harlem run by gangsters. And then, and then you bring it back to where the environment hasn't changed. It's just the fact that they're being more vocal about it. And it was disheartening about that also was the fact of where it's weird to see like certain, like once they hit a certain level of respectability politics, from them to kind of wag their fingers at people. Yeah. Like one of the things I kind of hated was like, like Dionne Warwick. I'll never buy a Dionne Warwick CD ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, to, to have like the black elders kind of turn on them and it's kind of focused on this respectability politics, which is why I like somebody where, like I remember when, and it was obviously it looks like it might have been a little bit unfairly when Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte never went at a lot of the like he's somebody easily could have been like all oh, this rap music. Yeah, his thing was just like you know I want you guys to be more act like more like activists. Yeah, like and which is a which is definitely a fair critique to make. But to kind of say oh the music is garbage, the music is killing us all. It kind of I mean I don't know if the music is killing us all or if it's like you know systemic racism. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, it's 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 such a weird. Go oh. gone. Uh. Such a weird. There's, a, there's an alcohol, <laughs> alcohol abuse beer spilled. Uh, no, there was such a it's such a weird and kind of antiquated thing to say in 2018. Um, so I'm 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 very, <laughs> it's very interesting to 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 hear that about hip hop. Um, but having that said, you know, there's actually this really cool documentary on Netflix, uh, and the name is actually escaping me. But uh, the cool thing, they, the, like the masters or something, the one about all the where they go through each of the hip hop stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Um, 
so I just watched the one about T.I. And uh, it was T.I. actually going to speak with Harry, Harry Belafonte. Oh, nice. Oh. And, and a couple other like civil rights leaders and things like that. Um, and it was actually kind of cool to kind of hear Harry kind of say that. Like, you know, and, and, and it didn't seem like Harry was like <laughs> super, you know, like, hey, like, you know, I love your shit. <laughs> but he understands, you. you know, like he understands like the the impact of hip hop. You know, he understands the kind of like what hip hop is and, and the voice that, that somebody like T.I. has. So, you know, he was, he was saying what you're saying, like, you know, like go out and just like be more active, you know, speak out. And, you know, that's what encouraged uh, T.I. To, to really kind of participate in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, talking to people like Harry Belafonte, who were kind of on the front lines uh, during the civil rights movement. So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, like, like I said, it, it, it's it feels so antiquated to go uh, go at hip hop yeah, <laughs> in no. twenty eighteen, and, and it's you know? a thing where, and I think is back in the days could understand because you know you had it was hyped up by the media. Where back in the days it was like, oh my god, look at look at Snoopy Dog, two live crew, look at two live crew, look at all this <laughs> stuff. But it's kind of hard. Like, who's gonna get mad at Drake? Like, we're like but, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, we don't, like our hip hop is not is I mean, it's not yeah. as gangster as it was. Yeah, <laughs> 20, 28 years ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, like it's not. And not even close. <laughs> and the thing is, <clears throat> where I feel bad is the fact of where it's just like it's something where I think it just kind of shows an ignorance where they were like, oh, we're not listening. Like it's if Winton, like I would love, and you know he would hate too. Like I would love to hear his impression of like 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 Kendrick, of like you know. Pimple Butterfly, whereas basically Ode to Jazz. But the thing is, not to be funny, he's such an asshole that I bet you he would still hate it because it's not real quote unquote jazz. And that's the thing I like about Winton too, because he's also a jazz purist, where he's yeah. somebody where it's just like, oh, you got to keep your jazz pure and yada, yada, yada. Which again flies in the face of a lot of jazz masters, where you would have Miles Davis open out synthesizers and doing all this weird shit. So it's, it kind of sucks to see like somebody who's such an accomplished musician who's also. Theoretically woke because a lot of his compositions are about like you know he'll he'll have things dedicated to slavery things like that but still be on that talented tenth you know we've got to be better it's really us it's not them type shit and it's kind of you know and, and I think not to be funny that's the reason why jazz music kind of died yeah yeah and and the, and the most ironic thing is that the jazz is being saved by hip hop yeah <laughs> and, and 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 not even on some sample stuff where it's like. You know, Kamazi Washington, by his own admission, honed his skill. You know, besides the fact that they had the what was it the Get Down, whatever L.A. Jazz Collective they had, he was touring with Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like like it like they, these acts gave them their chances to go out there and do stuff. Even something like Thundercat, right? You look at Thundercat versus Flying Lotus. It'd be easy for for and even though they're old boys and everything else, it'd be easy for somebody to point towards Flying Lotus and say, oh, look at this dude making music on laptops. Yeah. You know, whoop, whoop, whoop. That's not real music. Yeah. But look how, like, you know, he, people, like I said, Thundercat hop on there, and, like, he'll have these jazz-indebted, like, tracks. And it's, like, it's something where that Winton mentality, I think, is what kind of brings... It's why jazz was stagnant so long. And I oh, think yeah. it took, not to be funny, it took these guys to kind of age out. Yeah. Like, you know, to become, like, so, so, so Grammy establishment that... When a new the new generation of jazz cats came out there, now they're now I don't say the superstars per se, but like you know, Winton was out there playing Coachella. You know what I'm saying? No, I, no, I feel yeah. you. I feel you. I mean, I'm sure Winton is like the dude in the Grammy voters like voting for Bruno Mars. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Taylor Swift. Oh, he probably hates Bruno Mars though. His his hair is too nappy. <laughs> I like my artists with straight straighter hair. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. All right. So uh, so let's do some more hot takes. Uh, let's talk about uh, cultural appropriation. Nicki Minaj is racist <laughs> as shit, <laughs> but not the cultural appropriation that you would think. <laughs> we are the appropriators. Yeah, black folks. We got we got to do better, black folks. And like, I understand. Look, look. We're, we're close the doors now. It's, it's just us in here. You know, all the white listeners have turned away. We've been we've been fucking up for a minute, you know what I'm saying? For a long time. And it's other POCs also. Like, you know, like how many, you know, my eyes look chinky verses do we need about marijuana use? Like how like how many and then the thing is and how many like, you know, weird Indian references and like how many like these random like, oh, let me find the most stereotypical <laughs> reference about this culture and put it in my bar. It's yeah, it's no, nuts. I, I feel you. All right, so what we're talking about is um 
So Nicki Minaj on on, on uh, SNL uh, had uh, I guess you know performance for um, Chun Li, and basically her backup dancers were in like all these old school like you know Chinese kind of like rice uh, pile mat like hats. Which, and <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I think it's because it was supposed to be. I think her idea, and that's what I said. It, it offended me two ways. It offended me as somebody who's trying to be a little more woke. Because, you know, I was one of those people where I was like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, I'm like, I say whatever. And I was trying to become more more cognizant. It offended me both ways. Because, A, it offended me as a gamer. Because <laughs> the idea is, I think she was going for was, even though the name of the song is Chun-Li, which is a Street Fighter game. Yeah. Those guys were dressed up as with the rice, with the, the, those hats. So Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so first of all, you cross, you cross streaming the games here at the same time. Yeah. And then also a lot of the cultural references she was up there. Like, you know, you have Chinese, you have Japanese. Just missing them all together just yeah. because. Yeah, you know. and I think the most offensive... Well, and I've seen these things before, right? So, like, you know, the the female backup dancers had, like, their buns wrapped in, like, and they had, like, two chopsticks coming out, which I've seen before. Yeah. But I think, like, when you include that with all of the mismatch of Asian references and kind of, like, the dudes dancing with a hat, it just, like, it, it didn't help her case. Yeah. You know, it, it just... It was very... It was very like it's really sad because as somebody who's been to Asia and like who's seen like the difference between like Chinese culture and Japanese culture and things like, like they're so distinct. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the U.S. and Mexico, you know, in a lot of ways, you know. Um, it, it it's really sad to kind of see this and also see this on a stage, but also like again, like multiple people have signed off on this yeah. and said like this was okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because not to be funny, you had like so you look at a group like Wu Tang, which could be huge cultural appropriation, you kind of say, but it always came from from a place of respect. You know, like they wanted oh, John yeah. Wu to film their videos. Yeah, you, you could tell like they it, there was always love. So you look at an act like that, who should have done it? Because these are dudes from Staten Island and projects. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So if those dudes could kind of get it. It's weird that you know. A multi-million dollar pop store who has this whole apparatus behind her. Yeah. They're still dropping balls like this. Like, yeah. how are you fucking this up? Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because even, like, the Migos video for Store Fry, you know, and that, that you know, Store Fry is still kind of a... a yeah. <laughs> it's a little suspect on the, on the scale, but, like, at least they hired an Asian director, direct a video, and, like, you know, they, like... He, you know, there's a whole breakdown of the video. Like he got all the references in terms of like what a uh, back alley in Hong Kong would look like and how and like to make it authentic because like you know Migos has kind of come in with all of these like stupid ideas and the, like, the director <laughs> is just kind of like no, like we're going to make this very authentic. Like th- this is exactly what somebody would do in a back alley of Hong in Hong Kong. You know, like so at least they had the foresight to hire somebody. That had the know-how and had the background, the cultural, you know, background and the cultural sensitivity to make it authentic and make it not seem offensive. Yeah. And the video came out, you know, even though the song is slightly offensive, like the video came out like, you know, like, you know, authentic and it came out, you know, almost endearing, you know. Which is surprising because speaking of, of my favorite part, my my most offensive Migos song ever, and I love the song, is Narcos. Because randomly in Narcos... The guitar comes in and then somebody's they're screaming out Ariba in the background as if this is like you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> so it's like, how are you that culture ignorant? And thankfully, like they at least knew enough to hire somebody who knows the culture yeah. to do it, and which is not that hard. It's like it's not hard to find somebody who's it's hard. you know the right proper Asian descent to be like, hey, I fuck with y'all and mumble rap ways, yeah. put my shit on, make my shit dope like your shit. It's not that hard. I think it's. I think the sad thing is, um, and I've told you know a lot of people this is just like, and I, I mean you know what I don't want to speak to this as much because there's not somebody of Asian descent in the room, but I feel like they they don't have like an activist community like people like black people do. Yes, like. You know, they don't have an Al Sharpton or, you know, Jesse Jackson or somebody who who's like really kind of out there. Yeah. It's kind of built this legacy of, you know, of goodwill where they they say something. And even, you know, even though like I'm not a huge Al Sharpton fan, like the media like comes to his attention. Yeah. You know, they don't have like a, you know, Asian, you know, like like we built up Black Lives Matter. We built up this whole Twitter infrastructure. And I think like, you know, I understand like the, the term Asian is very it's like a catch-all term because that includes so many people 
you know, distinctly different cultures. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's hard to have a unified voice, um, but it, they they like there's nothing that can like really like that that's really like been built up that has impact that 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 you know they can step up and say yo this is offensive and get like a ground twelve support. Yeah, no, you and, know, and and I, and I think it's unfortunate because you know like and it's weird because culturally. Like remember, how, like we were just having a conversation about uh, John Woo, which is one of my favorite series. You've got all these things that liberally borrow from Asian culture, respectfully, but they've had such an impact, and it kind of sucks. Where you know how many Asian actors out there, you know, or even like let's say even music, how many popular, how many crossover Asian acts are there in just period in music in general? Like there's there's not many you could count on one hand. And I, and I think is where, like, like Ken put out, we have the advantage because, you know, we're a little more proactive. And I, I guess having dogs sick at you for a couple <laughs> hundred years will make you a little angry, a little more vocal than usual. But because they were an underrepresented minority, less so than a lot of, you know, the numbers are, weren't as large traditionally as African-Americans. Yeah. And the oppression wasn't as robust, even though, you know, definitely in, like, California, no Chinese, no dogs, things like that, you had these signs. Because, you know, the numbers weren't there and because... The, the, the violence wasn't that atrocious, like the pushback wasn't that much, and it's kind of it's kind of fucked up. Where and you know we, we could veer into other pop culture things about how The Simpsons, you know, and and, and the poo, and I and I think it's unfortunate because you've got particularly in hip hop, hip hop, and I've seen time and time again where a lot of other POCs kind of point out that you know when I came to America, or when I got this America experience, I didn't really feel like it was for me. Yeah. But hip hop, yeah. hip hop, I fuck with hard where. Even though I don't necessarily get the references direct, it spoke to me as a minority. And you've got so many, you know, like Eddie Huang from Fresh, Fresh Off the, the Boat, boat and yeah. how like that's literally with hip hop references, and that's his whole big thing. And I've heard it from a lot of my friends also, where strictly because of the unique experience that African Americans have had in the United States, it's just basically something that a lot of outsiders kind of look at and say, hey, I relate to this, even though it's not necessarily their culture. Yeah. And you kind of hope that hip hop will kind of return the favor. And it has. You know, I've seen little small things. I remember, like, years ago, like, there was, um, I think it was a Guru had that weird international, like, he was he was going out there and doing a lot of things with a lot of French-African artists. Yeah. You would see um, Rough Riders had uh, Remember Jin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, signed him. You know, you, yeah. would see, you would see little crossovers, but I just kind of would hope that if, you know, A, that is a lot more bleed over between both sides, yeah. and B, hip-hop would be a little more respectable and not just say, oh... You know this Chun Li shit is dope. I'm gonna throw it in there with like some Ninja Stars yeah. and some you know Harajuku dancers in the background. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I, I guess like it, it, it's interesting too because like uh, you know we have like you know that that label 88 Rising, which is kind of like bringing a lot of like um, star you know like Rich Brian signed to that label. Like there's a couple like uh, cats from like China who are signed to that label. And like pairing them up with like you know mumble rappers and things like that, like it's kind of happening because like like I'm realizing you know like you're realizing that like the world's coming and becoming like way more international. Like you know I didn't know like who this like BTS was, <laughs> and they won like you know best social group at Billboard Music Awards, and you're just kind of like what the hell? But like you know we're getting to a point where. Like the seeds are kind of getting planted for this cross pollination to happen, um, and you know when I was in Taiwan, like you know they're like hip hop is massive over there. Like hip hop and like black sports culture is massive over there. Um, you know, like basketball is huge over there. Um, it's kind of interesting to kind of see, like you know. They they're, they're embracing black culture, and now it's like you kind of see like the seeds getting planted for that that to happen over here. Uh, but I think it's going to take some time for that to really. I I think you know again uh, you know we go we talk about Drake, but it's going to take like a Drake <laughs> <laughs> to save the world. A, a, a Drake K pop crossover. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be mad, but it's <laughs> going to take something like that to like to, some to to really kind of bring that over. But I think I mean I think it's happening, and I, and I think like once you know again like hip hop is like this democratic force. Like once it kind of happens, you you <laughs> you'll have people you know once they get the agency. Um, I, I forgot the dude's name, but um, he's kind of speaking out against this. He's he's from China, but he lives in like Vancouver now. Um, this rapper once he kind of gets agency. To kind of call out somebody like uh, you know Nicki Minaj, like I think that you know, like that's going to be a beautiful thing. Like the tables are going to turn, and then you're going to have you know, 
like these people actually speaking up and saying and, and having power and having voice behind them and saying like, yo, this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't think we're there yet, but I, I, I see it happening, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is, I think it's about time. And, and, and what I would love about it is the fact that hip hop has sampled so much and it's, it's, and it's, it's culturally rich because of what, uh, like, because they borrow from these cultures, it's become culturally rich. Like going back to the Wu Tang, where arguably one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time. You know, there was that period where you had all those um, Indian song samples. You know, what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. hip hop borrows the from all culture. The hip hop, literally by its definition, is international. Even though it's it's the, the 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 lyrics are mainly black vernacular, the beats are from wherever. If your shit is dope, we're using that shit. Oh yeah, and it's cool about it. So that's why it's something kind of weird where, like, like at music, as far as the musicality is concerned, hip-hop respects any old cultures is that sometimes I think that we've got, a little be, we've got a little be a little more woke when we're borrowing other people's shit. Like, you have rappers out there who'd be, who'd be extra careful, you know, not to, you know, drop a reference that might possibly offend some obscure rapper out here or some gang member out here or yada, 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 but we'll throw, you know, casually put in a slur because it fucking rhymes. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel you. I feel you. And I think too, it's just like within the black American community and, and kind of like, you know, we, we have, we still have beef with, with some, you know, Chinese Americans and Korean Americans and, you know, like there's still long standing kind of angst there. And I feel like, you know, racism kind of sucks, but it also makes you kind of feel better to put somebody down or like throw out a reference that, you know, and I think like I've seen it when I pick up my general shows at the Chinese restaurant. Like you know, people like cursing at them and, and things, things like that because it's kind of like this. Yo, like I'm on this pedestal, you're kind of below me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that you know, you see that in your community, that that seeps into the music in a lot of ways. So um, yeah, I mean, there's there's like you sent me this article from BuzzFeed. Like there's. Dozens and dozens and dozens of very questionable lyrics <laughs> <laughs> from your favorite rappers. Yeah, you know, or oh, um, oh, my favorite. How many? How? When will we stop for my lawyer's Jewish? As far as a rabbi's concerns, <laughs> how many ways <laughs> do we have to brag about how your lawyer is Jewish? How is that the gold standard of lawyering? <laughs> I've heard yarmulke references. I've heard. It's just like, what are we doing? It's like every is that does that is that mandatory for a certain level of like you know drug lord rap? Where it's just like <laughs> automatically, I gotta have you know, I gotta have <laughs> the Asian girl in the car and the Jewish guy to call. <laughs> Apparently, that's the American dream. Oh <laughs> uh, man! All right, so let, let let's uh, some more hot takes here. Let's uh, all right. Let's talk about your boy ASAP. Uh, ASAP, and the thing is, I love ASAP. What I like about ASAP is the fact of where, not necessarily, because it kind of predates um, SoundCloud rap as we know it, but what was cool about ASAP was he came out with these beats that were, you know, like Clams Casino, where yeah. these weird, trippy, because that was still in the era where trap was still, you know, Lex Luger was still making crazy beats, yeah. and hip-hop was going in a certain direction. And what I loved about ASAP Rocky was the fact of where, A, he was a New Yorker, B, he was in New Yorker for Crew, which we haven't seen on, on, the, on the main stage in a minute. And then C, even though people are kind of going at him for being a little bit too, like, oh, you, you're, up, you're up the West Coast, I'm not West Coast, you're up, you're up the South too much, and you're Pimp C lyrics, yada, yada, yada. What he was doing sonically wasn't anything what was happening in the South. It was just weird and trippy. Yeah. And so, like, he definitely did make, like, a, a sharp left. And so what I liked about him was he seemed to be somebody where he was making, like, a, a unique lane in hip-hop. As of late, like the second album was all right. Like I, I think people kind of dissed it a little bit too hard, but there was still some greatness there. Yeah. But it seems since then he's kind of been like lost. Where a lot of the singles he's dropped, some of them have been good, some of them have been bad. Funny enough, the best single, like, and I can't remember which one it was, the one that was more pop focused, was actually better than the hip hop one. Yeah. And then also the bars has been kind of showing up with when he's been dropping a couple of you know sixteen. I'm ready to be excited around the first mixtape in the first album, but now it's been kind of like eh. Like he he's just not really trying. So, in true hip hop fashion, in 2018, to announce his new album dropping apparently this week, as opposed to going up to you know 
Rosenberg or Breakfast Club or, you know, maybe shooting out to the West Coast, mm-hmm. doing some weird, you know, interviews with some, like, hip-hop, you know, show up there with Game or Kendrick. Yeah. My man decided to have a performance piece, performance art piece at Sotheby's, because we all know all real niggas shop at Sotheby's. <laughs> it's Sotheby's. So, exactly. Bro. <laughs> Come on, man. I thought you were about this life. <laughs> But you're about this life. I'm not about this life at all. I can barely, I can barely, I can barely, <laughs> I'm about this, this Century 21 life. <laughs> Call me Bob, I'll find you the apartment life. <laughs> but anyway, so he's out there and like he's doing all this weird, like very, you know, basically it was a 90 minute video of him running around and, you know, wearing a suit and getting doused in water and all this other stuff to announce what'll probably be. At best, maybe an hour album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's trying to be the Marina Abramovic of the of the hip hop game. Because <laughs> we all know we were, we were waiting for that lane. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, so funny. All right, so I, I'm not surprised because you know both Kanye and Jay Z <laughs> have cut videos for her. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that they took a rapper to actually want to be her. <laughs> um. And if y'all don't know, like, she's actually a really dope performance artist who did this, like, incredible show at the MoMA, like, eight years ago that apparently everybody in the mother was at and, like, everybody still talks about it and uh, rappers emulate it because, I mean, she's super dope. You know, yeah. she's 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 good with what she does. And decades-long uh, career. Like, she's somebody where... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, she's been doing this shit for, like, like 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know? Um, so, but, yeah, no, it's it, it's... So I, I watched part of of the 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 whole thing and you know I'm not I'm not gonna knock the dude. I I'm not. Like I I, I you know, we're in a post hip hop world. You know, like we, we you know, I I I, I admire their amb- the uh, ambition. You know, and I feel like when you look at like when I've I've gone back and looked at um old interviews with ASAP and things like that, like He's always kind of wanted to be this cool art kid, like from way back in the day. Like he's from Harlem, but he was never in Harlem. He was always downtown. He was always in Soho. Like he always kind of wanted to be in that crowd. And I think now he's just kind of like, again, he has the agency to kind of do that. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I'm not mad. You know, I, I, I think that like he wants to kind of bring this high, high art to hip hop. And he wants to kind of do this thing where he, he you know, bridges all of these gaps and things like that. Uh, I will knock the dude on execution. Because performance art is just like... <laughs> yeah, he can't just do it. It's, like, it's a hard thing yeah, it's, from, it's, from the jump. Like, it's, it's like being a comedian. You got you to gotta read the crowd. You have to know what you're doing. You yeah. Can't, you you got to... And the thing is, unlike a comedian, you can't really course correct because the performance is kind of set. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of performance art. Like, I'm, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I was, I was at Freeze and this dude was doing something and he's like, you know, dancing around, whatever. And then he just like walks away. And like he's a short black dude, and you just like walked away into the crowd, and people are just like, "Yo, where you go? Where you go?" <laughs> and like he just like walks away, and I'm just like, "Yo, this shit sucks." <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't paying for it, but you know, I saw like, yeah, performance art is a really hard thing to do. Um, he also dropped a shoe at that event as well, apparently. Oh, I missed that. With Under Armour. So, Ooh, Under is, Armour. Again, another weird... Ooh. It's, it's. I mean, it just didn't come together well. Like, I wish I wish he did kind of talk to, like, a actual performance artist or actually did, like, a collaboration with Maria Abramovic or, like, did something where, like, like somebody, like, gave him advice. Because <laughs> it seemed like he was around a bunch of yes-men and, you know, uh, like, he just kind of, like, Say, yo, I want to do this. And they're like, okay, how much you need ASAP? <sighs> and, you know, like, you want to do it Sotheby's? Because that's where all the, the brothers hang out. <laughs> okay, sure, you know. Which I'm not, again, I'm not mad at. You know, it's aspirational. Like, 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 you know, we broke down, like, hip-hop has broke down that wall. Nah, man. I'm, <laughs> but... I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I'm the Wynton Marsalis of hip-hop. <laughs> I don't want nothing strange. I want my rappers to rap. I want to be hip hop based. 
There's nowhere, you know what I'm saying, show for these art galleries. I want my rappers continue. I want I want to say anything rapper related. I want it to be as hip hop as possible. Two turntables, you know, grungy like hallway somewhere, you know what I'm saying, in the streets. <laughs> I want to see no performance arts. Only performance art I want to hear is rapper skits. <laughs> About some rapper A getting sex, B robbing a place. Or C, laughing with his homeboys at a, at a, at a pre-recorded tape message. <laughs> Those are only three performance arts I'm allowing my rappers to do. <laughs> anything else they do, anything off the grid besides those three, persona non grata. No, no longer hip-hop. <laughs> I cast you out. But that's the thing. He, he, he said he doesn't want to be hip-hop. Like, he, he, you know, we're getting into this post-hip-hop world. And, you know, cats are like... Which I think... Again, like, you know, 10 years ago, if ASAP Rocky tried to do something like this, or 15 years ago, we, he'll be laughed yeah. <laughs> out of the building by both black and white people and, you know, whatever. Like Now it's just like he's getting press. He's getting New York Times. He's getting Pitchfork. He's getting, like, you know, like all of these, like, you know, so-called high polluting magazines to to kind of like you know to cover him he's getting like vanity fair and things like that so um you know it, i i i see where he try, he's trying to go so I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad i'm not mad you know just just you know again i i think <laughs> talk to some artists <laughs> just talk to some artists uh, you know yeah no i mean and like i said i respect the rollout i understand what he's trying to do and i'm saying growth like i, I i'm somebody even though i was kind of joking about it I like the growth. The reason why I like ASAP was because he came out different. He sounded different. But where I, where I kind of, and maybe it's because after all that's been happening and, you know, in the social media world, I'm kind of post-stunts. I'm just like, just bring me, like, if you want to impress me, drop a dope track. I'll be, I'll be all ears. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, like, the, the you know, like, we're post, this is America now. It's like, you got, like, if you're going to do something conceptual, you got to bring that shit. Yeah. <laughs> And, which is yeah, that's a great point actually. Like, yeah, you, you gotta bring it. Yeah, which is a great point. Like you, you literally know? had this performance art piece that we talked about like a week ago. So when you kind of come out there and half-ass it, nobody kind of cares. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, so yeah. Mm. Um, all right, more hot takes. Uh, I guess uh, you only leave with this one because uh, I, I, I number one, I thought Lil Ugly Main was a black dude. Didn't understand <laughs> he's white. Um, but I yeah, there's this whole. It, it, you know the whole Me Too movement in hip hop is 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 going to strike at some point, and I guess it, it's it's fucking like people up, and it's fucking up industry like crews together. Like I guess this crew like broke up. Like yeah, you you yeah, can talk no, more no. about it. You can talk it's, more about it. It's basically you've got you've got a so, so for you under rap underground rap heads. You've got a wiki who who used to be in Rat King, who's kind of a, a very very popular underground New York rap dude who I like a lot, actually, because he's somebody, I think, who bridges the old boom bap, like, Rockus era to, like, yeah, now. Dope yeah, yeah. MC. Little Ugly Man, who, as you mentioned before, is of the Caucasian persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> but he was somebody where, like, his, his, um, his work is so, like, badly mastered and just bassy and just... It's something where it felt like kind of like... Um, not necessarily per se underground because his his work is is not as concerned with the hip hop high arts. Whereas like we're saying these crazy metaphors, a little ugly man is a little straightforward. But there are bars number one and number two. Going back to the rockers, it was very like dirty grunty samples. Yeah, like everything's all filtered and it's like low bit rate. So he's somebody where even even though it's under the hip hop vanguard of where we think of, of backpacker, he's still in his own weird way still very much nineties. Mm. And you've got another West Coast dude named Antoine, who from the Bay Area, where um, Antoine was somebody where. He again very bay, but he has a very bassy voice, and he's got a little, you know, his his flow was a little bit of kind of at bay, a little bouncy flow, but also, you know, also underground. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, these dudes are kind of going in their own little corners, and they decide to form a super group, and they're dropping some songs here and there. Apparently, they're working on an album, and then a couple of days ago, Wiki posts up this like um, on social media saying like how he's heartbroken and the albums never coming out, and we're both kind of like basically saying the things canceled. Yeah, and then so apparently rumors were swirling around where, he, and I, and the thing is, I believe it might have been this artist name, and she might have been connected, but she's she's actually pretty dope, named Cold Days. But she was kind of talking about how a lot of underground circles, a lot of underground hip hop and um, producer circles, there's a lot of like 
things that haven't kind of fallen out yet. And then mm-hmm. she kind of alluded where, I don't know if she was making reference towards that she was calling out that scene itself where she kind of made mention of him in particular. But basically, long story short, when Wiki kind of said it, he made it sound like as if a tragedy happened. And when Little Ugly Man kind of came out afterwards, you kind of forgot what a tragedy was. It looks like Antoine has a couple of accusations. And to kind of put it into Little Ugly Man's terms where it, these were serious allegations. It's not a kind of a case where it's just like, oh, he said, she said, where this is like something like cop related. Yeah. And then so Antoine kind of put something up where it was very much like, you know, I've been abusing drugs and, you know, very much like I know I'm fucking up and I'm trying to get better. Yeah. Very long, heartfelt kind of apology. But what I like about Little Ugly Man, going back to the way his music is very kind of like stripped down and less like gutter, he was like, hey, homie, you know, I was hoping, you know, I was giving you space to kind of apologize. But what I hear is basically like lawyer speak where you're saying like, you know, you're dancing around consent and everything else. It's like, from what I understand, A, it wasn't a case of, you know, miscommunication. Yeah. And B, it's in a case of buyer's remorse. You're talking about straight up non-consent. Yeah. So, which I thought was kind of cool because he could have decided to decide to answer anything, but he was like, no, fuck you. Yeah. This, le- this little legalese shit you're doing where you're kind of dancing around it and saying, you know, what well, was me? And I'm trying to get better. And I was an asshole. Is that really covering what's really happening? So, w- something I liked about it was the fact of where even though you've got three men in the group, you've got two men who had, you know, and, and who, you know, they're, they're I'm going to say like they were going to make millions, but, you know, they were in a music park together that yeah. Feasley was going to make some money, Feasley was going to tour. And they looked at themselves and said, we can't do this. This is fucked up. You know, we'll just, the, the stuff we worked on for years, yeah. we're destroying because fuck you. We don't want to work for an abuser. And it was kind of cool that these two dudes kind of stepped back and it was like, fuck that shit. And now the only thing that sucks about it is once again, we're in a space where, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing where men step up and yeah. do it. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of makes you wonder where, and I'm, I'm not that tied into, you know, their circle, but it's kind of fucked up where somebody can have a female could have who got assaulted or, or somebody she could have had her voice, maybe not her in particular because maybe she didn't want to have that out there, but like if it came from that sector as opposed to these guys kind of self-policing themselves, which, which I applaud. That's what you need to kind of stop sexual assault. But once again, it's kind of a case where you kind of have, you know, we were believing men before we believe women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that yeah. kind of sucks. And the bigger picture is the fact of where, like you kind of pointed out, where this is a lot. And the thing is, we're kind of focusing, I can't say luckily in that way, but a lot of artists are very lucky that we're focusing on, you know, we're the, 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 the owner of Republic Records. We're focused on, like, you know, R. Kelly, because, you know, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's by now his legacy act. But, and then, you know, you've got these little weird extra wild kids, like, let's say, like, Extensione. <laughs> where you can kind of easily call out. Extension cord. But it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, what happens for these really established up-and-coming rappers, these guys making waves. Yeah. Like, what's hap- what's in their circle? And if not in, you know, if not done themselves, their homies, yeah. their producers. You know, Asa Barry got arrested for a sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of these things are kind of happening, and I think that hip-hop definitely needs reckoning. Just, I mean, just looking at the numbers themselves, there's a reason why there's only X amount of female MCs. Oh, yeah. X amount of female producers. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's, a, it's a malaise, and in, in, it's not really hip-hop per se. It's a, it's a music industry in general, don't get me wrong. It's not something that's unique to the hip-hop community. Yeah. But at the same time, for a music, music that's supposed to unite people, it's very telling that we're not immune. And I think it's kind of getting there, and I'm hoping it's, it'll get there sooner than later, where, you know, we, we got to have that, you know, you have to have that red wedding, man. Some, some heads got to get chopped off. We're going to have to fucking, you know what I'm saying? Some stabbings, you know what I'm saying? Kicked off the moats. <laughs> and then we kind of expose a lot of these people, because I think that's the only way it'll kind of happen. We kind of have this change. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. And it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, our, our relationship to R. Kelly, it signifies, like, how difficult this is for hip hop fans and, and people of color because yeah we like we we <laughs> like we, like our first reaction is to like to not believe it and to kind of say like these people are getting dragged in the cold because that's usually what happens to black people in America or like people of color or hip hop artists like they're all like we always have to defend them or need have the need to defend them but you know if these allegations come out and they're true you know, it, it, it's it's going to wreck people. Yeah. It's going to wreck people. I mean, people have already been wrecked by, like, Bill Cosby, you know, but, you know, maybe if 
if there are people that, you know, um, like we hold in very high esteem, get pulled into some of this stuff. I mean, we would know, like, as a community, as a hip-hop community or music community, like, we won't know what to do, you know? Um, and I feel like it's going to be like Thanos. It's good. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, real talk. I feel, I feel, I feel like it's going to be like Thanos. I, I feel like there's, it's when it, when it happens. And the reason why it don't, doesn't happen, because people always question, like, why it doesn't happen, is because people don't feel like, like you know, women feel like if like they won't be supportive if they speak up, and, and a lot and, and they won't and I they hate, won't. Yeah, I hate to be yeah. And they'll be you know like there's nobody's gotten rich off of like speaking up and, and saying oh so and so like you know abuse me or whatever you know like like even like you know I was reading about the dude like the the woman who spoke up against like the dude uh, who was trying to run for senate in Alabama and her house got like like burned down arson. You know, quote unquote, you know, and they said, oh, it's a, you know, like a neighborhood person. It's like, no, it's like somebody burned the house down because you spoke up against somebody who was in a position of power. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, it takes a lot for for people to speak up. And, you know, once they do speak up, I, I, I think it, it's it's going to be reckoning, man. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if, as a community if we're prepared for it, you know, and, and I think we also it's going to be a lot of soul searching like within ourselves, like what we've deemed acceptable say like five, 10 years ago or, or you know, or even like five months ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's something we're going to have know. to like, yeah, figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's kind of crazy now in the social media area just to kind of see all that stuff like kind of play out like in real time. Yeah. You know, and I guess I'm hoping that it's, it, it'll change. And you know, like, like so the reason why I brought it up was cause it's like, it's cool to kind of see, you know, dude's not covering for you know, because they're. I'm assuming yeah. they all they were working on this project for a while. I'm assuming the old friends how it started off. Exactly. So it's cool that once it hit, hopefully, because I don't know the whole full story. That yeah. Once it hit a certain level, they were like, nah, fuck you. This is over and fuck you. Yeah. So props yeah. to them, and hopefully, you know, everybody else steps up, and you know, it's because like I said, it'll be better. The culture will be better for it. A more inclusive hip hop is a better hip hop for us all. Damn straight. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk <laughs> about what we're listening to. Woo. Uh, I'll start off first. You start. So uh, there's an artist that's been bubbling up a lot, which I've been hearing a bit. Um, her name is uh, Sudan Archives, mm-hmm. and um, she's a vocalist, violinist. Uh, she signed a Stones Throw. So if you're a Stones Throw fan, you have an idea of exactly what it sounds <laughs> like, because all Stones Throw artists sound exactly the same. Super dusty. <laughs> but <laughs> and they're dope. Don't get me wrong. Stones Throw, holla at you. I love y'all. But Yo, what's cool about her is that. It's a little more eclectic, like her beats, because Stone Throw is known for like being very soulful. Her beats are a little drier, almost futuristic at times. Mm. And I don't mean like a techno way, but it's very much like, as opposed to having like the warm road, roads piano come in and <laughs> the little bass line is very like almost electronic-y, but still yeah. evokes that R&B kind of, because her voice is very smooth and the atmosphere is very smooth. And also she kind of vacillates where it'll be a little bit African, obviously because the name is Sudan Archives. Mm-hmm. And also her, her her violin, she almost plays like a percussive almost when she plucks at it. So it's 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 also even awkward that way. But she dropped an EP called uh, EP Sync, and uh, it's solid. It's 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 like six songs, and you know it's something where there isn't a quote unquote banger. Yeah. Quote. Pitchfork magazine there, <laughs> but it's like a, it's a solid listen. It's it's a cute little EP and it's something where like I'm gonna keep an eye out and see how she grows in the future. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, so I've been listening to uh, this dude Burna Boy. Burna Boy. Burna Boy. Um, so he is uh, I believe from Nigeria. Um, apparently he was on uh, More Life, but I I feel like. If you blink, you'll probably miss him. Um, but he, he's a part of this this whole kind of Afrobeat, um, I guess, movement. Or you know, it's just I wouldn't even call it a movement. It's just like like a lot like it's bubbling up. They're getting a lot more recognition, you know, uh, in the United States, in the UK, um, and it's kind of interesting to see some of these artists um, kind of grow and evolve, and you know, see their production quality get amped up and. Um, see them getting dropped in, you know, DJ sets in clubs in New York, you know, um, 
I feel like that sound is kind of getting there, um, but not. It's not universal mainstream yet. Um, the funny thing is, like the the top artists, you know, the top tracks that have that sound are like Drake and like French Montana. Yeah. You know, um, so it's still kind of being filtered through this like North American lens, but. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's going to happen. I feel like, you know, there, it just needs to be, like, the right combination for some of these guys to, like, really, really blow up. Um, so, Burner Boy is, like, um, you know, he dropped this album called Outside. Um, I'm not going to say it's, like, the greatest album, but it's the perfect summer album. It's literally, you can just, like, take it to a rooftop and press play. You know, it's, it's it's got a lot of African rhythms, but also, you know, I think he lives in the UK now, and he, he actually grew up on a lot of Jamaican dance hall. Oh, nice. So it's like blends in kind of Afrobeat and that dance hall, and but then in modern dance hall, the difference between a lot of modern dance hall and Afrobeat is nuts. That large, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not. Like it, it's good, but it's awesome. It's, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's distinct though. Yeah. It's just, it's distinct. You know, I mean, you you can't blend both of them together if you're a DJ, but like it, it is kind of distinct. Mm-hmm. But like he kind of rides that line really well, um, and he also also you know, has like more kind of pop focused tracks, um, but they all kind of blend in together in a solid album. Um, and it's just, I, I think it's it's one of the few albums that I can't remember any tracks and there's no like real bangers but you can listen to from start to finish you know it's just like it sets a mood it sets a vibe it sets like you know like it's <laughs> summer it's getting warmer like you know like i feel like i'm i'm out in nigeria just like hanging out you know <laughs> or like uh, you know on a rooftop somewhere so um and it's actually kind of cool because he has a a track uh <laughs> with lily allen which is is actually really cool because when I saw that, I cringed because it could go really, really bad. But, like, he was able to, like, use her voice, like, sparingly to the point that like, you wouldn't even know she was on the track. Because, oh, nice. Yeah, because, like, it could have went. <laughs> was that, like, the one of my favorite examples that uh, Kendrick with um, U2 on that on his on a uh, dam yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah it's just like featuring youtube but youtube gets like half a bar exactly <laughs> exactly it's like it's enough it's enough just a taste it's, it's enough to get your little writing credit but it's not <laughs> you know it, it it could be a disaster um and he has this track with uh this uk artist named mabel who's kind of blowing up over there um you know it's just it's like i said it's it's a perfect summer album like even if you don't remember any songs or like any songs just like take it to a rooftop press play and see what happens like it's going to set the vibe for your party awesome so. awesome shit um so for me what i've listened to is the one and only the most influential rapper in the modern era little b <laughs> the bass god my boy yes and the thing is if little b is somebody where and we've discussed this where he's really the, the father of all the SoundCloud rappers out there. Every SoundCloud rapper that you guys hate, Little B birthed them, you know, across the board. Even when we talk about ASAP Rocky where Clams Casino, that was, he was in the Little B minor leagues, kind of making beats for Little B. Yeah. So the thing is, Little B is he kind of, it, it, he stepped away for a little bit. And he had an album, I think, last year that was self produced. And a couple of weeks ago, he dumped all his, like, a thousand, literally a thousand songs <laughs> on Spotify and Pitchfork, all his old mixtapes. And a mix of it just came out called Platinum Flame, which has been hyping up because one of the little B-isms is that during the album that you have, you hype up the next albums that come out <laughs> and in the near future. And um, the reason why I bring it up is because it's self-produced. So I was expecting it to be really trashy. Yeah. But it's actually pretty good. Like, he's actually a pretty solid producer. Um, the, the thing is, the beats are kind of like a weird mix of Trap and also Bay Bounce. Or, so it's this little, that little, you know, that little, yeah. that, like a little, it's a little more upbeat, like than you would expect from a lot of trap rap. Yeah. But it's it's really like there's layers. It's, it's like things fade in, fade out. Like he's like actually doing a producer's work, so it's pretty great. Lyrically, I mean, like all little B songs. If you if you fuck it from me, fuck it from me. If you don't, you don't. There is one thing I have to kind of call out though, because um, you already got jumped like in a concert a couple of years, like a couple of years, like, like I think it was last summer. Yeah. Like, a yeah. boogie. So it's weird because it's really dark. Yeah. Because there's times, like multiple times on the album, he points about how like, he got jumped 
his stomach hurts and his dick hurts. <laughs> and then as a result, it gets a little mean at times where yeah. like he's talking about, you know, I'll punch any girl or any guy. You know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. like, Ugh. And that yeah. to be funny where Lil B would kind of play with these weird like trap gangsterisms. But like as like it's it was almost silly. Like he yeah. wouldn't say it because it would come to his head the same way, you know, if you know, a lot of ten year olds if they were freestyle rap eventually end up rapping about like poo poo and vomit just because it's just potty mouth. Scoopity poop. Exactly. <laughs> Scoopity poop. So it's weird kind of hearing a sad or an angry bass got album, except, you know, intentionally, you know, it's really so. But um, the production itself is pretty fly. And like I said, it's, it's for 28 tracks, it's it's not bad. It's, it's probably in a weird way, and it's, it's kind of weird to say, as far as the album is concerned, it's probably one of his better efforts. And, and even lyrically, it's not that bad. It's just the fact that the tone is a little bit off because I guess he's still working through some stuff because of what kind of happened. Yeah. But it, it was a pretty, I, like, I let it play for two hours. And, you know, I see this as a fan. Usually after a certain point in time back in the days, I would get sick of a little bit after an hour or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was, like, you know, driving back and forth in my car. And the two hours, I didn't really, like, it, it, was, it, was, it was a good vibe all, all throughout. So, you know, props to him. You know, the production's got, hopefully he produces more. And like I said, hopefully, you know, he he gets a little less depressed about getting jumped by, you know, little backpack rappers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do have to say about Lil B, like, he's the nicest dude oh, I've yeah. ever met in the music industry. It's, he's, it was fucked up. Enough where I'm like, kind of mad nobody has punched those dudes in the face. It's yeah. like he's harmless. Like, why he, would you even? Yeah. I, I mean, literally, like, I interviewed him when he was still a member of the pack. And you'll still remember me. It's like, oh, Cal Session. And like, yeah. We were like hung out at like uh, South by Southwest one day. And he's like literally the nicest dude. Like, yo, he like gave me his number. It's like, yo, text me anytime. We're texting back and forth. Like, he's a he's one of the nicest dudes in the in this music industry. Like, hands down. Yeah. And, like, and, yeah. Like, why would you jump a little? Like, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. And that's what sucks. And and I think that's why, like I said, I I won't say like oh, this is a great album because like it's 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 just a little darker and than you expect. Yeah. And like it's and that, and that's why it's not as playful. There it is. And I think it kind of sucks where you know you still have that negativity around it. Where it's like, come on, it's not that fucking deep. Like, what well, you know, it's it's, it's stupid. It's like, no, well, I, I gotta you. jump that deep. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. 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 So uh, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I I actually went back in the vault. And, and went back and and grabbed a classic, <laughs> uh, Spank Rock Yo 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 Yo. Wow! Yo, which... I can almost imagine the skinny black jeans, <laughs> Ooh, the vans, <laughs> which is an archetype for any 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 album. Like I'm talking about Lil Uzi Vert. Like 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 that whole what Spank Rock did like set the stage for everything and like people think i'm crazy but like that that album dropped in 2006 and that was like two years before aoa heartbreaks and you know like like and i think if you're like if you were a member of the east coast holotronics board (laughs) (laughs) the chosen few like With like Diplo and all those cats and Dirty South Joe and like you know, um, so basically like you know Diplo basically has said like you know Spank Rock pretty much paved the way for like any eccentric black like person or any eccentric like hip hop production. Um, so basically this album is it's basically you either love or hate it like pitch for uh, I read the pitchfork review and they gave him like a 6.3 or something like that which is still like a good like that, that's still a pitchfork still good, good. Yeah. which is still good but it's just like the most eccentric and staticky and edgy beats I think I've, I've almost ever heard in, in hip hop but um, you know Spitbox flow was actually amazing and he's able to jump on all these beats and ride the beat and, and ride all these glitches um, and it's just it's so it's so it's like deconstructed Baltimore Club or deconstructed like EDM before EDM was a thing um, and it, it's, it's kind of interesting to hear that album uh, you know kind of listening with 2018 ears and I think it, it still stands it's still like you know kind of it's held up uh, and people don't remember like 2006 was like <laughs> I mean, it was, I know, think we, we were still wearing like long white t-shirts. We're, we're, yeah, we're like still, we were wearing white tees. Yeah, like, we thought, was, <laughs> it was still young Jeezy was still wasn't rolling the streets. We thought, we thought, we thought like Fifty Cent was still like was a, yeah. was a shit, you know? Like, <laughs> like it was, it was 
a dark time. Well, not really a dark time, but it's just, you know, for eccentric ass like black people, it's a very dark time. You know, and I think now it's like, you know, if this album came out, like I don't know if it'll be number one in the country, but like it'll be embraced. Whereas like, you know, twelve years ago it was just kinda like, yo, what are you doing? Like <laughs> there's no A weights. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's no like, what, what, what is this? And you I know? fucked with the album hard because of that. Because at that time, I was still like listening to a lot of weird shit, and it was cool to hear like a. Because you always had like black hipstery dudes and who would yeah. kind of rep. And even around the underground scene, like Williams or New York, you had a lot of little rappers here and there that were doing stuff. But what was great about Spank Rock was I don't think he kind of got the respect of what he was doing because no. unlike a lot of the dudes there, who'd be like, "All right, I got this weird beat and I'm rapping," like he said, he was on point. And the thing is, it was actually a very well put together project. It was a professional project yeah. where a lot of dudes were out there where I was like, I'm a rapper and I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the one black guy in this hipster party and I've got this guy making beats and he was going to do this. It was a very well put together project, which was weird because this whole thing was about being, you know, partying and having fun and yada, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. But he was serious about his shit. And I think where it's A, he was ahead of the curve by five years, if not maybe even pushing 10. And then also on top of that, I think where with him was even it wasn't embraced the way he expected it. Like, yeah. Like as, as compared to some of his peers. And the second album that came out was a little bit of a downer where it was a little more straightforward. Yeah. And, and which is the exact opposite thing you want from a Spank Rock album. It was somebody where it was like, look, we're going to go out. We're getting fucked up. Yeah. And we're fucking partying. And that's what he was kind of doing. And then so he, I think because it wasn't you know received the same way, he was trying to be a little more serious. And I think that's kind of, and like, it's still fun, but it's still, that was his detriment, which kind of sucks because, like, now it's all about the turn up and party. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of weird where you had this little dude who was doing this, you know, a decade ago, and, you know, he didn't really kind of get the recognition he deserved. Yeah. Even though, arguably, like I said, is I'm pretty sure a lot of kids took that archetype because around that, a lot of those, because I'll even hear it now where I'll see, you know, people's little brothers from those weird underground scenes, and they're like, yeah, I'm doing shit like that because of I saw so-and-so show. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So oh, it's yeah. weird because you really can't say, oh, he's a direct descendant of this dude, but obviously to have the person of color kind of popping in a hipster scene, which is completely, utterly lily white, yeah, was always a good thing. Yeah, and, and I think, too, it's just it, it, it's, it's very interesting because I, I think that scene was... was I mean, I was a part of that scene, like adjacent to that scene. And it was just, it was very interesting to kind of see, like, you know, the embrace of like Baltimore Club and like black, like it was before gentrification. Like we thought, like we thought gentrification was like cool. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a fact. Before, I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's like all these white people are like in the hood. Yeah, like, it's like you know, oh shit, like, you know, so and so partying. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. So it's like it was, it was like that merge. It's a scene that we can't reproduce anymore. And I think it was like it, it kind of was a, a part of that scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like he saw other people kind of come from that scene and become way more popular. Um, and I think he was one of, those, I, I think the problem with black people in that scene was like, they're too black for white people, but they're too white for black people. And they're yes. stuck in this kind of like, <laughs> and, this void, you and, know? And it wasn't a, co- and, and even bring it back to a previous scene, I remember like, um, in the, like the 90s, there was a Black Rock Coalition. Yeah. When yeah, the idea yeah. was like, oh, we all play rock music, we should all kind of get together. Or even a weird way, like Afropunk, because Afropunk was around then. Yeah. But he, it was more Afropunk adjacent, where you had all these Afropunk kids kind of making this rock music. Yeah. Because he was still making like club music. He he couldn't cross over there. And in that scene, it was very much like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And everybody's kind of siloed in their own kind of space where if they kind of got all together, it'd be a big deal. What you kind of see now where like even your SoundCloud rappers are all popping up on their own little songs and they're yeah. all kinda, they have their own little word click. And, you know, it's just because of the it's it's, you know, it's the idea of where you, when you know, in a white space, it's hard for you to bake through and you've got to make And sometimes you might have to feel like you have to make concessions. Yeah. And at the same time, when you see somebody else there in that same white space, another person of color, it is, there's a guarded way where normally you might give the head knob. It's like, how are you here? Are you a plant? Am I a plant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the most successful person out of that space was Diplo. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, case in point, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's an album like that surprisingly holds up. Like, I, I feel like, again, like if, if the album dropped in 2018, I, I, I don't think it's going to be, it would be popular, but he would, you know, he'll be a headlining Afropunk. Yeah. You know? Like, like he, he'd be on the stage chilling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there'll, there'll be a groundswell around him. Cause like I said, he, he's, 
Like the beats are sick. The beats are insane. But he's actually a, a pretty amazing MC. And I think you know when I, like his follow up uh, was just so you know it's such a downer because I I think he got so disillusioned with maybe the scene and maybe his place in the scene yeah. and and maybe the fact that like he you know he wasn't embraced by the culture as much as he as he thought he would and. You know, um, so it's one of those albums like it'll probably never be repeated. So yeah, so if you guys are out there, you know what I'm saying, go go deep into the MP3 vaults. You know, blow off that dust off that that spank rock MP3. <laughs> <laughs> put it on. You know what I'm saying. Dim the lights. Put it, grab the full logo from the back of the fridge. <laughs> Get those CDRs. Get those CDRs. <laughs> Find a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> get some Colt 45s and some kegs. You know, get, get a graffiti artist to come out there and spray paint. <laughs> While you DJ to auction that graffiti painting off for the charity or for the rent. For the <laughs> <That's>, rent. <laughs> for the rent. That's due. <laughs> when rent was like $600. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I can't afford $600 a month. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> And recreate. In Williamsburg. <laughs> and Williamsburg. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bye. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, check it check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Um, all right, so this was our uh, Hot Takes edition. Hot Takes. Hot Takes. Guys, go out there. Enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. You know what I'm saying? What would you, what would you recommend for an album to play this Memorial Day weekend? It's thrown out there, random. Uh, yo, that new Pusha T is dropping on Friday, right? Oh, supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly, there, depending there if Connie's Coke dealer gets there in time. <laughs> so we'll see. Let's <laughs> 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 keep that Coke coming. Pusha T is literally this there every day. Coming out there like, here's your kilo. Cool work, sir. <laughs> There you, there you go, there you go. I, I, I still have faith. I have hope. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm bumping Pusha T all, all weekend. <laughs> New 2018. <laughs> it's a, but all right, guys. All right, people, follow us. Tell your friends as always. Tell your dog, your mama, <laughs> your pets, your hamster. <laughs> Later. Peace. Peace. <laughs>